Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Well, hello there, my wonderful Events for Breakfast podcast listeners. How are you all doing? I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host, and I really hope you're all well and enjoying the hustle and bustle of October. You might not be listening to this in October, but right now it is October. And for events professionals, that's a pretty busy month, isn't it? We know this. We know we've got award seasons going on. We've got conferences going on. We've got lots of virtual events going on. And yeah, it's a busy, busy time. And I'm not complaining. It's wonderful. It's lovely to be back into the hustle and bustle of it all, isn't it? Now today I've got a fantastic guest coming up for you and I really do think this is going to just make you sit back and just think about what we're trying to achieve in events at the moment, specifically in the past sort of 18 months but also in the future for our events. So I've got a wonderful guest all the way from San Diego and his name is Josh Hotsenpiller and Josh is the CEO of Juno and Juno are a hybrid event software platform. They deliver all sorts of virtual and hybrid events but they really look at year-round engagement they look at making sure that they're matchmaking members and attendees and understanding what everybody needs from their platform and what we really need to think about is the fact that what they do is they build communities we build these online communities and we we actually think about engagement we think about ensuring that we connect in the right people with the right suppliers and their time is valuable so we we really think about measuring that success I say we, I'm talking about Josh and his company, that's what they do. And I just want you to just reflect a little bit on this episode. So take time to listen and then go away, think about it. Think about what we do in events and we definitely build these communities, don't we? It is so important. Josh was a real joy to interview. His energy just comes out of the screen and I know you're going to love it. Enjoy the episode and I will catch up with you at the end. Josh, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, and I'm loving your backdrop. The audience and the, the listeners can't see it, but you're in San Diego. I'm in the UK and we've got a very different climate going on right now, but I'm loving the backdrop. I can see the mountains and it's going to keep me very entertained throughout this whole interview. What I'd like to do and where I'd like to start is to find out a bit about you, Josh, and um, we'll come on to your business very shortly, but let's just find out a bit about you, your background in events, how you got where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been in software and technology for 15 years. Yeah. Um, Started a company called Profits for Purpose, where we helped mobilize primarily Fortune 1000 companies to donate time and money to their local communities. Sold that company, started a community software agency. We would actually go in and build community platforms uh, and then manage those platforms. So uh, clients like HP, the United Nations, Visa, different companies where we would go in and say, hey, how do we connect, whether it's employees, whether it's consumers together for outcomes. Um, And then, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of our customers came to us and said, hey, we don't want another platform. Uh, Can you guys add virtual to your community platforms? And we really felt like that was going to be the future answer. 
um, that people don't need another platform to integrate in to try to work streams through, um, but really create that single ecosystem for start to finish community connection. So we launched Juno. Uh, it's been a wild ride over the last uh, you know year plus, um, and it's just been fun. It's been fun to serve the community. I have another company called Wisdom Capture where okay. we uh, we capture the stories. And that's really where we got connected with the industry. Yeah. So PPMA, ASAE were clients of ours where we would tell their executive stories. So it's just been a fun journey for me, uh, creating community, building, telling stories in the industry. Yeah, exactly. And um, what's your favorite part in all of that? So you personally, what, what, what gets you up out of bed in the morning? What inspires you? I mean, I love relationship building. I think yeah. people are fascinating. Uh, I think their stories are fascinating. I think um, their, their desire to, to create outcomes is fascinating. And so uh, to me, whether it's film, whether it's software, um, whether it's podcasts, I mean, yeah. just, just hearing people's stories and, and sharing mine and I'm fascinated with people. Absolutely. I think uh, that's why people listen to podcasts, isn't it? Like you say, people are intrigued about other people and about their, their lives and their stories and things. So like you say, creating those stories is really important. And, you know, talk to me a little bit more about Juno, because I think um, all, all of my events professionals that listen to this podcast will be really excited to hear about this and what you do. And you just talked about the fact there that you, you, you're not trying to create another platform for people. So how does that work? How does that integrate into, uh, you know, what, what people may already have? Well, you know, first off, you think about the core softwares that people are using. So let's take the, the maybe a bedrock, like an LMS. Yeah. And you go, okay, we've got a learning management system. For most people, they're like, I'm not wowed by it. It's fine. It's functional, but it's also, you know, uh, older technology. Mm -hmm. um, you've got networking. Uh, we're in the business of educating and connecting people, right? That's kind of the whole business is Definitely. whether it's cruise lines or whether it's stem cell research. You know, we're here to educate people and connect them to create outcomes. Yeah. And so when we look at software, we start with those thoughts and say, hey, we, we understand there's the education. So we've got the LMS, um, the, the credentialing, certifying, all that kind of stuff. Then you've got the connecting, right? So you've got, you've got how do we connect people so that they can serendipitously meet each other? Yeah. And so when we think about software, we look at that and say, how do we educate and connect people in a digital world year round? Uh, and so that's kind of our thesis at the top of like, that's what we've got to do. Yeah. Um, and then how do we do it in a way that, that people are used to in modern day software? You know, so often we use Spotify or, or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it might be. And we're used to this um, UI and UX experience. And then we go into our event software and go, ooh, uh, this doesn't feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, my learning, my, it, doesn't, it feels very old. And so for us, you know, creating modern, uh, experiences for, uh, you know, proven outcomes, which is education and connection is really kind of how we, we look at Juno from the outset. Yeah. And I, I, I like that whole ethos around um, creating communities and the connection from an events perspective in particular, how, how are you understanding briefs around like creating that connectivity? What are people wanting? What's the trends right now? What do people yeah. want? So Juno is unique in the way that our framework is set up. Um, and we really, we think about everything through an EQ standpoint. So, you know, we all understand IQ, yeah. uh, and, but, but really the, 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 where community comes from is EQ. It's the emotional stuff. It's, yeah. it's what do we have in common? What are the feels? And, you know, we've been for CrowdHub was a company I was leading uh, and started before Juno. We would build custom software for events, for companies. And we really found that, that, oftentimes um, life and software isolates people. 
And yeah. so our job is not to isolate people. Our job is to bring people together. So we created two fundamental pillars, which was, we want you to declare to us what you're interested in. Who are you? You know, declare to the world. You know, yeah. I am Josh. I live in San Diego. I love mountain biking. I've got two kids. I'm in software. I'm declaring all these things. This is who I am. And we use tags. Every time a, a user declares these things, we put those tags on them. So that we know that like, okay, if there's other people that are in San Diego that like to mountain bike, we want to connect Josh to them. Nice. And the second is discovered is there's things that are in this platform that I didn't even know I was interested in. Yeah. But now that I found it, I discovered that I'm interested in it. And then when you, when you engage in those, so you engage by reading, by commenting, by liking, by going back to, we, those are called declared tags and we put those on you. So now your profile's got discovered tags and declared tags that's telling your story. And then what we're doing is we're saying, hey, in the big, broad world, who are the people that, you know, you may never meet uh, because they're across the pond, uh, but yet you're still connected to the same ecosystem, but we're going to make sure you guys connect uh, because you both are telling these declared and discovered stories and our software can, can create those algorithms to bring you back together and say, hey, Josh, did you know that there's another person, uh, Kelly, across the way that loves mountain biking, that loves software and technology, and you guys should meet and talk. And so to us, that's how we start off by, by, by helping to make sure that we can bring those community connections together um, by using those declared and discovered tags to tell your story. I love that because you are really humanizing the whole experience, aren't you? You know, because um, yeah. we're sat here now on Zoom and yes, it's fine. But, you know, when we think about events in live events, that networking piece, that piece where you're perhaps having your drink at the end of it or you're on a coffee yeah. break and you're just talking, oh, you've got kids, I've got kids. Great. Let's have a quick chat about that. It, those yeah. are the moments that really build the connections, isn't it? So being able to find a way of doing that through technology is quite difficult and making it feel human. But I love the fact that you've got those tags and it starts those conversations it's exactly right i mean how it's the icebreakers right like one of the yeah. reasons why people um we we talk about you know you go to a conference and a lot of times it's like a bad day in junior high or yeah. you know whatever you got but you know you show up and you're like oh they're not gonna like me or they already have friends um all these feelings come about right you show up to an event and everybody that already knows each other's hanging out yeah and then we we physical and social profile people we look at somebody and go I have nothing in common with them. They have nothing in common with me uh, because I'm physical and social profiling. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be neat if, so our, our mobile app, you know, while you're at a physical event pops up and says, Hey, here's all the people in this place right now that have things in common with you. Go talk to them. And so all of a sudden it pops up and I can ping that person and say, Hey, Kelly, looks like we're both here at this place. And we both love mountain biking. Um, let's, and we're both here because we believe in this cause, um, whatever it is, whether it's cruising or stem cell, like, let's say, hi, now you walk up to him and you go, Hey, what's up, Kelly? I'm Josh. Like, so you love mountain biking, huh? We break down those barriers for conversations to get things started. And so that's where those tags having a, a, a you know, a companion app that goes alongside. Um, and then think about it. Maybe I wasn't able to go to the event. Yeah. I'm in San Diego, but it pops up and says, Hey, Kelly is at the event. And one of the things that you do is you gamify it, right? So you say, hey, Josh, we want you to connect with five, even though you're remote, you weren't yeah. able to come for whatever reason, we want you to connect with five people that are physically there. And if you do, we're gonna give you more points. Yeah. So now I'm going, okay, who's there? Because the, the system will tell me, Kelly's physically there, pinger. Hey, Kelly, what's going on? I'm Josh, I wasn't able to make it there, but we're both into mountain biking. 
um, would love to grab a few minutes and chat with you while you're at the conference. So now what we're doing is we're creating those connections, whether you're physically there or not, like we're helping through gamification, through even team cohorts. So one of the things we can do is say, hey, we're going to take everybody, whether they're physically or remote, that loves cruising, yeah. that loves cruising. And we're going to connect them all together on team cruise. And we're going to then all of a sudden, now you've got all these people that you would have never met that says, hey, Kelly, what's up? I, we're on team cruise together. You love cruising. That's awesome. So do I. So we can take these tags yeah. and we, we can put people in groups together or we can allow them to connect to each other via them. So there's a ton of cool ways that you can use this information to create community. I mean, I, I really, I, I love the concept. I absolutely love the concept. I'd really like to do a, a demo actually to understand it a bit more. What do, so for, I understand from a delegate's perspective in terms of what they get out of it, they, you know, they get that real human element and they, you know, they yep. build the network, network, sorry, their connections and the networking is there yep. from an events professional or a CEO of a company that may be adding this to their event. What do they get out of it? Well, the most important thing you get is data, right? And yeah. so at the end of the day, you go, okay, wait a minute. I, well, you get a couple of things. Number one, I talk to people about this all the time. I'll say, how many, how many people show up to your event? And yeah. they'll say 2000. I go, how many members do you have? And they're like 10,000. I'm like, so let me get this straight. The only one, what is that? One fifth of your members yeah. actually showed up. Like, what do you do with the other four fifths? Yeah. They just, you just have no connection with them. Um, and so the first thing you're going to get is a wider reach. Yeah. You're going to go, wait a minute. We're not going to settle for, you know, one, one fifth of our engagement anymore. So you get a, a bigger reach with that bigger reach. You get data. Now all of a sudden I go, Hey, because our audience is declaring and discovering, I've got data now on how to remarket them. Oh, wow. Hey, I know that, that you said you're interested in leadership and software. Well, we have a new course on leadership and software. Um, you know, from the, from the consumer, cause that's really what a member is. They're a consumer. Yeah. They are saying, what's in it for me? What do you have for me? And so as a CEO or a leader, you got to go, how do I, how do I create more value yeah. to my member? Because members are always going, is this really worth it? Is this worth my dues? Is it worth me flying out for? Is it worth me? Is it worth me? Is it worth me? And yeah. I think as the, as the, as the owner of the, of the business or the leader of the business, you always have to be saying, how do I create more value for my consumer? Yes. And so number one, how I can create more value is to say, hey, you know how on average at an event, you meet 14 new people and six of them have value. That's kind of what happens, right? You walk away with 14 business cards and half of them, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have never called that person. Yeah. And then you know, six of them, you're like, okay, these were good people. Well, what if I could say, instead of every year you walk away with six new connections, what if you walked away with 60? Wow. How valuable is that? Yeah. Because it's not over a three-day period, it's over 365. And we're going to continue to serve you up people and content and experiences that are valuable to your personal and business outcomes. So you, what you're able to do is you're able to leverage the power of your community times the power of 100 which is the whole value proposition you have, right? The entire value proposition is education and connection. Yeah. And that whole value prop is limited on time and scope. So we want to expand that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that links into my next question, actually, because I'm still looking at it from a um, CEO's perspective. Um, yep. Something that you put on your website around the fact that it will help um, maximize revenue. So this, your product, your software will help maximize revenue. I think I'm kind of starting to understand it a little bit because if you are if you are profiling all of the people that are attending these events and you understand what they like, then you can use that data to sell them different products. Is that right? exactly right and your sponsors can so for example yeah. let's say i'm a medical um you know uh association or event yeah and i can tell you that i know exactly who our um members are that want to buy this brace yeah right and so and we're gonna we're gonna offer a roundtable discussion once a quarter on the on this brace and it's sponsored by the brace company yeah. And so all of a sudden what we're doing is saying we can we can actually start to segment cohort our people and allow our sponsors to come in and say, hey, we know we're sponsoring the right environment to the right people, not just this blanket push out to everybody that gets lost and everything. So now the user's like, hey, this experience is tailored for me and yeah. my interest. And the sponsor's going, I know it's the right people. It's like, think about like um, marketing on Facebook where you're like, do you want to do you want to market to the actual person? Yeah. that could potentially buy to you? Or do you want to market to 10 billion people on Facebook? I don't want to market to 10 billion people. I want to market to people who want it. Yeah. And so getting more data and then using that data to create new experiences that are then sponsored uh, and then also can have um, products that you sell. So, hey, we're going to do a new course on how to sell these this brace. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's nine 99 and it's, it's brought to, you know, all this stuff and you want this. So you can create new products. You can bring your sponsors in and you have the data to know exactly who to send that to. So target marketing, target sales. I think that's really, that's really key, isn't it? Because in the past 18 months or however long we've been in this pandemic, um, a big piece has been around how do we, for sponsors and for our key partners, how do we maximize their revenue and how do we make sure that they're getting the right reach and targeting it in the right way? And a lot of big exhibitions and, and places like that are really struggling to sell their sponsorship packages because of that, because everyone expects the only way that you can do that is live. But actually what you're doing is being really targeted niche and, and segmenting down to the right people meeting the right team meeting the right partners you know it's funny i think about it sometimes if i was leading a event or association yeah i would stop trying to solely sell the event yeah and i would be building year-round packages i'd say guys look we want to we want to create I, this is the part that i think it's just a mind shift but um you have as, a, as an event or association leader, you have what your sponsors want. Yeah. You have it. You have the people. And who in the world only wants access to those people once a year? What you've got to do is demonstrate that you can get access to those people multiple times a year. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, if I could create the right learning experience environments all throughout the year, and I could say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Sponsor, Yes, we're going to get back to live, but the truth of the matter is, you know, we just did an event for a client that they were estimating 2000 on-site and 3000 virtual. Yeah. And by the time it was all said and done, they had like 280 on-site. Wow. You know, it was just, it was, it was tough. I mean, between the Delta and everything else. And the point is, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that, um, that don't have a lot of extra income. 
Yeah. You know, and they just don't. I mean, when you start to look at the cost of travel and, and hotels and rental cars, and you add it all up and you go, I just can't afford that $2,800 plus the ticket. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go virtual. Uh, we have to demonstrate that we can get those. It's not like these uh, vendors want to spend all the money either on showing up physical. No. It's not cheap for them. I mean, they're putting a $10,000 booth together and they're buying a $10,000 booth and they're flying all their people and they're paying all the hotels. It's not cheap for them either. What they want is access to the people. Yeah. And so if we can demonstrate, we can give you access to them, then that's all they really want. So we have to demonstrate that. We have to prove that, unlock that. And I think you do it in a, in a grander scale than just a couple of days. Yeah, agree. And that comes on to sort of on demand, doesn't it, as well? So you've got you've got your virtual um, and then you've got your hybrid model. And I think something that is really big and you, you've tapped into it there about doing 12 months worth of like activity, yep. having an on, on, on demand sort of platform or, or opportunity. Is that something that your software supports to sort of create the community still? So it totally does. You can go to connect.junolive.com and you can yeah. see and experience the whole thing. We've got courses on there. Uh, you, you know, there's credentialing on there. Um, you can do podcasts, videos on demand. You can do round tables. Wow. Um, you know, so remember we've been building community software for a decade. Yeah. So, you know, we built the, the global sales tool for HP where all of their sales team comes on and learns and reads and writes and engages and gamifies and everything else. And so our tech has been scaled like this for a long time. Yeah. Yes, year round. Yes, come on for learning. Yes, come on for networking. Our trending engines go to um, what's trending for you? What are you most interested in? Our trending engines go for what's hot? Like what is everybody else most interested in? Yeah. And we have trending engines on networking. Who are the most relevant people today for you to be connecting with? So our system's generating these trending engines all the time, driving people to you. It's, it sounds incredible. And yeah, I'm definitely going to talk to you about one of the events that I'm going to be working on. And um, I think just to wrap up, because I could go on all day with this, but I'm to, to wrap up as an events planner. So if I'm feeling a little bit nervous about, you know, utilizing your software, what, you know, what, what are the main benefits I will get out of using your software? Well, I think um, number one is always the team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you don't want to do this alone. Yeah. Um, don't want to feel alone on it. You don't want to go, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. So a huge part of our priorities is training documentation and day yeah. of support. So I think that's a huge part. It's just like, you've got 99 problems. Yeah. Uh, you don't need this to be one of them. And it will be, I mean, look, it's a, it's an emerging thing. It's always going to be another thing you got to think about, but you want to have a good team that's there for it with solution driven. Um, Number two, you want to have a, a, a easy to use platform that is yeah. it's fun, it's engaging, it, it, it adds value. People are glad they experienced it. Um, so you want to have a, man, that, that wasn't a terrible experience. It was a great experience. Um, and you want to make sure that people walk away and go as an event planner, um, not only was your event good, but, but, but my outcomes were good. Yeah. You know, what I got out of this was really good because that's what people, when they get on the airplane, they get in the rental car, they go back, they go, was it worth it? Mm -hmm. We always do that, right? Yeah. We always ask ourselves, like, we leave a restaurant and pay the bill, was it worth it? You yeah. know, we leave a concert. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, did you see John Mayer? Man, John Mayer, he's so great uh, on, his, on his desk. He sucked in person. So, yeah. you know, he just, there's no energy, blah, 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 blah. 
every time you leave a concert, a restaurant, an event, was it worth it? Yeah. And we, we define that based on what we got from it. And so you as an event planner is like, I got to give people this amazing experience, but you also got to give them what? Education and connection. Yeah. If they walk away and go, you know, the event was fine, but I, I got 48 people that were custom tailored for me to connect with you. So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're hedging your bet. You're hedging your outcomes by providing more ROI. And you're going, Hey, even if we don't nail it on all the experience, we're going to nail it on the outcomes and it makes your value prop higher. Yeah. What does a, a really bad virtual event look like for you? Listen, we've all had them. Yeah. We have, I mean, it's, <laughs> you see, I mean, nobody's, nobody, you know, I don't live in a glass house. So I'm not, I live in a glass, I'm not going to throw stones. <laughs> so tech changes so fast. Uh, a bad virtual event starts with it when the live things don't work. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, bandwidth, you know, for us, it's amazing how, we offer so many speaker trainings. Yeah. We offer so much um, uh, uh, training videos on demand. And, you know, we'll, we'll be, I'm doing it right now. I'm streaming Wi-Fi from my phone to this Zoom call. Nice. And fortunately, I've got great Wi-Fi and so it works. Yeah. But I can't tell you how many times a speaker sitting in a hotel, you know, within a major city and and they're like, your platform's not working. And you're like, are you, what Wi-Fi? Like, did you do your Wi-Fi check? Yeah, th- there's no Wi-Fi here. I'm streaming it from my phone. And you're like, dude, like you're a keynote and you're, so like we're battling all those type things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for us, virtual is constantly dealing with the elements and trying to overcome them in yeah. real time live. You know, I've been in software for a decade where it's not live. People are just using it throughout their day, but it's not like in the moment. So a yeah. bad virtual one is technical problems. Yeah. A bad, a bad virtual one is transactional to me where yeah. you're like, all I did was transact. I didn't actually, um, it didn't get to know me. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't make things custom for me. Yeah. So all those type of things that, that, that end up going out there that, you know, transactional and technical issues are my big pet peeves technical yeah it's those pieces as an events planner as well because I've done quite a lot of virtual now the pieces that are out of your control like you've just talked about the presenter that is sat there on a really dodgy wi-fi and he blames you and he blames your platform and you're like it's awful isn't it and you're completely out of your control they're probably a thousand miles away somewhere and you can't quickly get to them and sort it for them so many landmines I mean we had one last week where their staff moderator muted the entire 30 person cohort and then they're like your thing went down it's muting so like we jump in the green room and we're like you guys you muted like you have moderator tools to mute everybody in case things go sideways that's just the way you can protect your brand yeah we went and unmuted it and you know they were up in arms about and you're like Ah, like it's just it is yeah. what it is it's the it wild is. west right now we're, but we're, we're, it and- we're learning we're all learning yeah. aren't we <laughs> yeah right yeah. on both In sides yeah. <laughs> absolutely and just to wrap up um what what trends can you see coming so as we come into the ne- the next phase of of whatever it might look like hybrid um into 2022 what what's coming our way what should we be looking out for i mean the, the biggest advancement is going to be in networking it yeah. just is. I mean, it's, you know, the, the notion of streaming video yeah. and having engagement, you know, okay, check, you know, the next layer is, you know, why do dating apps work? You know, think about this, you know, 80% of relationships now come from networking dating apps. Yeah, they they're do. powerful. 
they, it, it works. And the, the, it is proven that there is a very strong ability to connect people. So for us, our big investment is our native app yeah. that is powerful and networking people together um, and sharing content. User-generated content is going to be huge. Um, Micro-learning is going to be huge. Nobody wants to watch a 30-minute video. Yeah. Nobody wants to take a seven-hour course. So micro-learning, um, uh, uh, powerful networking, uh, companion apps, um, or all user-generated content, all these things are going to be huge as we go into the future. Love that. They're four key things. I like that. And micro-learning, definitely. That's something as an events professional we've learned. No one wants to sit in a conference room for seven hours anymore. It's that short, oh. bit like the podcast, short, sharp, and, and, and just keep it succinct. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember those four. I'm going to keep those in my head going forward. Josh, this has been fantastic. I think what the listeners would like to know is where can we find out more about Juno? Where can we find out more about you? So where should we direct them? Yeah, so junolive.com. Check it out. Um, and then find me on LinkedIn, just Josh Hudson Pillar. I'm probably the only one with that last name. So uh, find me on there. We always share content. Go to Juno on, on LinkedIn. Find us there. And just track with us. We do product release videos every two weeks because we yeah. actually update our product every two weeks. So we're constantly telling folks on sometimes it's making it better. Sometimes it's creating new stuff, but find us on there and journey with us. Will do. And yeah, I, I, I will be out uh, getting in contact with you for a demo very, very soon. Thank you so Love much that. for your time today. Loved it. Um, and we will speak again very soon. Very good. Great to meet you. Are you all still with me? I told you his energy is amazing, isn't it? Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much for bringing your energy, your passion and all your expertise to this interview because it really did make me think. And again, as I said at the beginning of the episode, we need to reflect because we are doing more than just building an event. We are building year-round engagement. We are building communities. We're connecting people. We're making new relationships. We're creating moments. And it is just, it's just so much more than just that one moment in time, isn't it? I know moving forward for me, I'm going to really take time to think about this community aspect and think about all sides, what do, what all sides need from this partnership that we're building. And yeah, it's a really important thing that we need to think about going forward. So just take that time to reflect and hopefully evolve your events from here on. If you've got any questions for Josh, then do reach out to him. He will be only willing to help. I know he will. And also, if you want to ask any questions of me, I love hearing from you. So you can catch me on all my socials. I'm Kelly Frew. Also on my website, storymakerevents.com. And of course, we have socials for our Events for Breakfast podcast. So you'll find us on LinkedIn, on Twitter and on Instagram. So join the community, get sharing your knowledge, get chatting to other members of the community too. Final thing, don't forget to subscribe to us. Make sure that your new episode of the Events for Breakfast podcast lands in your podcast provider every week so you don't have to search for it. And also give us a little cheeky ratings while you're there too. Next week, I've got such a wonderful guest for you and it is a topic that I know you are going to love. So watch out for next Tuesday. Take care all. I will see you soon. Bye for now.